The turnout of this year's California primary election was roughly 33% as of Monday, June 27th, the lowest it's been in eight years. Are people too busy? Do they think their vote does not matter? Or are they fearful for voting for the wrong candidates? I sat down with political and polling expert Craig Kajishian to discuss what is keeping Californians from voting and what the result of this election cycle means. In this primary, I think that because the state is so overwhelmingly Democrat, the Democratic voters have been somewhat demoralized from voting because they realize that a lot of their candidates are going to be in, in political trouble. So that suppressed their, their motivation. Did you see anything in, in the results of this election that's worth looking at? Californians, regardless of their political stripe, have primal concerns. And the primal concern that ranks number one in their lives is public safety. They are fearful of their own security. When they see criminals running amok, breaking into stores with, with sledgehammers, coming up with carloads of gang members to break into stores and break into homes, that's when they get scared. And that's when they start to vote for safety and security, no matter who the candidate is. I'm Siamai Koremi. Welcome to California Insider. Thank you, Siamai. We want to talk to you about elections, and we just had the elections in California, and the participation was pretty low. Can you explain what happened? Well, there are twofold reasons for that. Um, historically, midterm elections, non-presidential elections, um, usually have a lower turnout than general presidential elections in the state of California. That has been the case for the last 20 years. But if you go back in history in the 60s and 50s, participation in all elections was very, very high. It was over 50% even for midterms uh, and in the 60 range for presidential elections. But in the last 10, 15 years, save certain exceptions which we can go into, turnout has been lower in these non-presidential election cycles than presidential election cycles. Two exceptions, 2008 in the presidential election cycle when Barack Obama was running, very high turnout, 60 plus percent. Also, uh, 2016 showed a high turnout, and ironically, the, the last election had a nice turnout because of COVID restrictions uh, on, uh, that allowed people to vote by mail with frequency. Some people s are saying in California that it doesn't matter whether they go vote or not. They're, they're not going to change the results anyways. They're not going to have any impact on the results because it's already decided the party is, is one party that's going to win. Their vote doesn't really matter. What are your thoughts on that? That's fallacious and facetious. Uh, it has some merit on one level only. On statewide elections, like governor and maybe senator, uh, U.S. Senator and, and the state, other statewide offices like Secretary of State, yes, Republicans are at a disadvantage uh, and probably will not see a victory in those particular offices for quite a while because the Democrats have been able to build up uh, a tremendous well of, of voters and of support. Um, to, with the recall election that took place last year on, on Gavin Newsom, uh, he had a two million vote margin in Los Angeles County alone. Just in LA County, he had a two million uh, voter buffer. Uh, so in a statewide campaign, 
I, I fear that Republicans have little chance, but in local elections, congressional elections, Republicans can make a difference, and they do make a difference. So what we've seen here, for example, in the last cycle, two Republican Congress people from Orange County won back their districts from Democrats by eager participation in a presidential year, which is actually very odd, a very difficult stunt to pull off, but Michelle Steele did it. She clawed back uh, a seat for the Republicans in her district, and uh, Young Kim did it in her district in a presidential cycle. And what's also interesting to note is that both of those congresswomen outperformed my expectations in this cycle. They did better than I expected them to in a non-presidential year because I think Republicans understand that the wind is at their back, that you know, they have the morale and the enthusiasm now to come out because the issues are on their side and they see a tremendous debacle in the Biden presidency. So even the smaller races like the city councils, board of education, those, those races, there's still an impact the voters can have. But a lot of people don't think about those, right? They just think about the state level and then they, they might not go out. I think Republicans and Democrats tend to um, become more motivated when they see their party prospects being very bright that year. Uh, the Democrats are exceptionally motivated when Barack Obama was running for president. They were exceptionally motivated in 2018 when they saw the chance to take back Congress. Their turnout was high. Republicans, on the other hand, were depressed. Now, in 2022, Republicans see a chance to take back the House. So a lot of Republican voters are motivated to come out and support the ticket. And as they vote for their congressperson, let's say in San Clemente or in Newport Beach or in Irvine, as they're voting, they'll just click off, tick off the boxes of, of other offices in their district, whether it be for school board or city council. So um, a rising tide, a rising political tide, basically lifts all boats, especially in the, uh, on the, with the party that has the chance to recapture power. Now, there is a group of people that are busy, they're working hard, and you know the gas prices are high, the rent is high, and they don't think about voting in terms of like whoever they elect, they think that it, it doesn't make any difference for them. It's not gonna solve their problems. There's some level of giving up or not caring. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that since we're going into economic headwinds where people's jobs are at risk and, and interest rates are surging and mortgages are going, uh, going up and uh, adjusted rate mortgages are certainly going to be soaring, I think there won't be a lot of time to be going to the beach. And if they have a job, they're gonna have to work harder to keep it because I think a lot of companies are gonna be laying folks off. So those folks, those people, everybody has an incentive to vote for their economic best interests. And with safety being such a big concern, now in California with these Soros-funded prosecutors letting uh, very, very evil people out of jail early. In fact, we just saw what happened in El Monte a few days ago, regrettably, where two policemen were, were killed because of uh, a convict that was let out early. I think people are now very conscious of their own safety. They're very conscious about being compromised in their own homes. Uh, they're very conscious of, of, of their kids being 
uh, victimized by criminals. So I think the motivation now to vote is stronger than ever before. I think you'll be seeing a very robust turnout in the fall. And then we heard from some that didn't want to vote because they didn't want to take the responsibility of voting for a politician and that politician not following through and not doing what they said they would do. Mm -hmm. I guess there is some level of frustration with the politics in general from what we are hearing. That's true. But CMOC, that's been baked into the equation for, for generations. People have always been let down by, uh, by the, the so-called political class who never truly followed through with the promises they made. That's, that goes hand in glove with, with American politics. I've mulled over this for years, and the conclusion I drew is that most Americans understand that a politician uh, is not going to deliver on 100% of what he's promised. Uh, but they're happy if they deliver on most, if not uh, a good cross-section of the big, the big key promises, like keeping you safe, keeping you economically viable. And when a politician breaks those promises, true primal issues of safety, security, and economic survivability, that's when voters really get upset and want to oust that person. Why then the participation is so low? Are people not seeing what's happening or is it we haven't really met the crime threshold or a point where people want to participate? What's happening in your opinion right now in California? A multitude of reasons. Usually in these off-cycle elections, participation is a lower threshold uh, than a presidential cycle. <clears throat> in this primary, I think that because the state is so overwhelmingly Democrat, the Democratic voters uh, have been somewhat demoralized from voting because they realize that a lot of their candidates are, are going to be in, in political trouble. So that suppressed their, their motivation to cycle around. But Republican participation has been robust. That's why you saw Michelle Steele and Young Kim outperform my expectations. Uh, so with that said, I think as the climate gets worsened, you know, worsens in terms of economics and crime and other lifestyle issues, the voter participation will go up. I think you'll see a higher number in the fall. I truly do, this time around. Historically, it's been about 39%. It was, what, 35% this time around? Was it 35%? Is it? Uh, it it's going up. Okay. Yeah, it's going up as the votes trickle up, uh, trickle in and trickle up over time. It's going to be about 34 by the time every vote is counted. But I think that uh, by the fall, uh, in November, you'll see um, in the 40s, probably a turnout in the 40s. The recall uh, commanded over 50%. The presidential commanded close to 60. So I think you'll see participation in the low 40s in the fall, driven by independents, driven by uh, Hispanics, and driven by Republicans. And why 40? Like, this is, this is a very low number still. Is there, is there a reason? It still is low. People, what you said earlier does hold weight. Some people are just basically despondent over their fate with politicians. They think that the political class has, has not been uh, uh, attendant to their problems and their concerns. So they have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. They just won't vote. Um, others figure, as you've said well, that their vote doesn't really count. Um, and there have been equations on this. A very famous political theorist, V.O. Key, did a study 
uh, many decades ago, way before we were born, that your vote is 0.000011% of, of an impact, which is basically meaningless. But we all know well that we've seen elections that have been won by five votes, four votes, three votes. So every vote does count. It's true. I've seen this happen many times. Congressional seats have been won by votes in the single digits. So participation is very important, no matter who you vote for. What about the results? Did you see anything in, in the results of this election that's worth uh, looking at? Because in California, yes. per se? Yeah. Yes, I did. Um, I, I saw that uh, Republicans, for the most part, if they're good candidates, strong candidates, outperformed uh, their, their expectations. Michelle Steele won by 10 points. Um, and Young Kim and the Republican group in her district won by a very healthy margin of two, close to that 10 point level. So for congressional races in Orange County, and she was, she was in a district. New district. And it was more Democrats than That's right. Okay. Plus four. And she's a Republican. She's a she Republican. Yeah. So the differential was 14, you know, which, which that's a big swing. If you're in a plus four Democratic district and you win by 10 points, that meant that you most likely pulled uh, Democratic voters as well, or people who changed the registration, or you pulled in a lot of independents as well. So that to me was very telltale. And it might bode very well for Republicans this fall in California. That's what I saw. I also saw something also quite interesting. Um, Karen Bass uh, was to be the runaway candidate for mayor in Los Angeles. And she finally pulled ahead of Rick Caruso, who's basically a, a conservative Republican who just changed his party registration to be viable. But he was ahead up to three days ago. Um, in that runoff, and they'll be in a runoff this fall. But she was touted to be the, the queen of, of Los Angeles and run away with that race. She has not done that. So the voters of Los Angeles, despite the fact they're overwhelmingly Democrat, have deep, grievous concerns about her candidacy. They probably think she's too soft on crime, as they thought and acted upon in San Francisco. That's why Chessa Bodan you know, that George Soros appointed, basically elected district attorney, got thrown out in a very liberal city. He lost his margin by 20 points. And earlier in the year, people may have forgotten already that San Francisco, you know, rid themselves of three liberal school board members, threw them right out. This is the most liberal city probably in the United States. And that tells me something. That tells me that Californians regardless of their political stripe, regardless of their political affiliation or their orthodoxy, <coughs> have primal concerns. And the primal concern that ranks number one in their lives is public safety. They are fearful of their own security. And when they see criminals running amok, breaking into stores with, with sledgehammers, coming up with carloads of gang members to break into stores and break into homes, that's when they get scared. And that's when they start to vote for safety and security, no matter who the candidate is. Now, what about the statewide offices? Uh, it seems like it was all Democrats, right? The winners and from that's what true. it looks like. Is there a chance for a Republican to be in a statewide office? 
Well, that's a great question because we've seen this happen in other states. <clears throat> we've seen deep blue states like Massachusetts, for example, elect Republican governors. It's been done many a time. I fear that California is still a generation away from that because the ideology is so deeply ingrained here of liberal orthodoxy that they just can't see beyond the light. Now, a lot of Republican commentators, friends of mine, strategists, analysts alike, think that, oh, because uh, the district attorney of San Francisco got thrown out and three school board members of liberal persuasion got thrown out in the Bay Area, that's telltale. Well, I'm afraid not. Um, they're not gonna vote for any Republican congressperson or any Republican governor soon. I took a look at the congressional races in the Bay Area. The Democrats just killed all the Republican opposition by the same margins, just destroyed them by the same margins as they have. Maybe a 10 point differential, but Nancy Pelosi, for example, she won her district by, she won 75% of her vote, 25% <laughs> <laughs> went against her. She usually wins by 85. 15% voted against her, in this, time, in this case, a huge whopping 25% voted against her. So there's been a little bit of, of dissipation of Democratic support, but I don't see that happening. I don't see a Republican governor, I don't see a Republican senator in this state anytime soon. Now, what is next? When do you think there might be a change? Would there be a change in the near future or any type of change for the state, or is it going to stay the way it is? We're on the precipice of that, and I'll tell you why. I think for the first time in my lifetime, and certainly yours, that Hispanic voters are beginning to go back to their roots. The first governors of California were Hispanic Republicans. People don't know that. The first mayors of Los Angeles and San Francisco were Hispanic Americans. So. With that said, I think that they'll be leading the charge. That ethnic group, along with Asian Americans, will start to embrace the issues that Republicans favor, i.e. low crime, economic opportunity, great education for their kids so they can step up the ladder of success for the next generation. That's what they see. That's what they believe in, that's what they want. If Republicans cater to those, those primary issues, they'll win statewide elections, but most likely with an Hispanic uh, or a woman at the helm. And that will happen, maybe in our lifetime, but not, next, not for the next few years, unfortunately. But we're seeing this happen. We saw it happen in Texas. Uh, we saw it happen elsewhere, where Latinos uh, who embrace conservative, lifestyles and embrace the culture of success and hard work and the ethic of being honest and getting their children up the ladder of success are the prototypical Republican uh, voters of the future. And they will come our way. Just takes time to meld their interests with the right candidate. When I was a, a young White House pollster, I was keeping an eye on the 1982 governor's race between George Duke Majin and Tom Bradley. And most commentators thought that Tom Bradley would win that race. He was up 
by five percentage points to seven percentage points in the polls. And most people thought he had that squared away. But what we learned and what we watched and what we tracked, because we were also overseeing uh, a statewide ballot measure on gun control uh, that happened to be on the ballot that year in the fall of 82. And I saw something very interesting take place. I saw that Democrats, Harry Truman Democrats, people who had not voted since Harry Truman ran for president or John F. Kennedy ran for president in 1960, came out of the woodwork in the Central Valley of California from, let's say, Bakersfield up to, uh, up to Ceres, up to Stockton. They voted for the first time in 25 years because a handgun control initiative was on the ballot. So they checked that off because they wanted to preserve their gun, their gun rights. And as they were doing that, they checked off the Dugmajan box at the same time because the Democrats were four square behind gun control. So that's when participation uh, was, was interesting with that little uh, proviso that there are people who did not vote for 25 so years. So are you saying there has to be an issue in California that would very provocative. people? It's very provocative and uh, impacts their, their life or their lifestyle in a very dramatic way. And gun control was one of them. And that's what won it for George Jigmajan as governor was the fact that Democrats who had not voted in 25 years ticked off the Duke Majin box because they didn't want to lose their gun rights. That's and he was a Republican, right? Or he was a Republican. They voted, they crossed the aisle to vote for him. Interesting. Isn't Interesting. that something? Yeah. Mm. So that's what won it for him. That's what they call, they said the Bradley effect was about race. It had nothing to do with race. Californians are not racists. They were voting out of primal concerns. They didn't want their guns taken away from the state, by the state. So they ticked off the Republican box instead of the Democratic one in 1982. One other thing that we've noticed is that the result of the election is coming out really late and it's getting longer and longer. What's going on? Is this normal? Things have changed? Things have changed. It's called ballot harvesting. It's called vote by mail. The Democrats opened up that whole avenue of voting anytime, anywhere, uh, and your vote counts after you basically mail in the ballot. They count votes days after the ballot. You know, envelopes are counted postmarked days after the election day. So it's created this huge balloon of, of Democratic votes, I fear, that um, has also uh, kept Republican prospects in check because the Democrats are better than that than Republicans on that matter. They can harvest votes much more effectively than Democratic operatives can. Well, what happened in Los Angeles? Two million uh, extra So, I mean, votes. Democrats are, are more better than Republicans oh, yes. in by harvesting? Oh, yes, by far. Oh, yes, by uh, voting by mail. It used to be a Republican exercise. Absentee uh, ballots were basically a Republican advantage we had over the Democrats, but the Democrats learned how to do that learned how to execute it better than Republicans. And then when Jerry Brown signed in the ability to, uh, uh, for folks to vote by mail and, and, and operatives to ballot harvest and collect ballots from nursing homes, et cetera, it opened up a Pandora's box of problems. And uh, it opened up a huge surplusage of Democratic votes. 
So how long does it take to, for example, finish the LA race count? Is it a few as weeks? As long as it takes for the Democrat Party to win their <laughs> their office, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, they'll count until it. Uh, until Is it a month? Is it a couple of weeks? 30 days. They have a, I think they have a, a, a legal deadline to count everything by 30 days. But I assure you. How was it in the past, like if <laughs> a decade ago? That you, you'd go to an election event uh, after the polls closed and the results would be announced for the most part later that night. It used to be a one-day affair. Some trickle in vote the next day, but it was pretty fait accompli after. after so now that. it's a month. It's about a month, but we also know well to be all you know to be fair about it. Uh, most elections on the local side uh, are counted uh, relatively quickly, and in Orange County, I take my hat off to them. They are amazingly efficient. You'll get the results back and. 24 hours, if not less, and we saw that happen in this last cycle. But Los Angeles County, it's like going to the DMV. Good luck. How can it be 30 days? Let's say it's the election day and the person is mailing, you should get there in a few days, right? The mail sure. is not that slow. <laughs> so what's happening? Well, it gives folks who work in the elections office uh, a chance to get the numbers uh, right uh, and to count, and they count slowly, I guess. Uh, they want to make sure the vote is certified, uh, and they want to make sure that uh, the vote uh, is all counted. And they will count every vote that comes in, and then they will also count votes that may not be considered to be uh, purely transparent votes. Like so some people would send in a little scratch, a chicken scratch mark on a piece of paper, provisional ballots, and they have to interpret that. And I think that's irregular but so it's like a big bureaucracy bureaucracy but created. they also have wide latitude uh, provisional ballots temporal uh, ballots ballots that that are, are mismarked mismatched misidentified they will count them all and that's what they're doing they really believe that the franchise should be uh, extraordinarily broad diverse and open to uh, interpretation and that's why you have a 30-day window now in the old days if you did not mark the box the right way, your vote would be thrown out. But now you can just make a little, uh, you can make a little, you know, you can draw a spaceship over some, over a candidate or a, or a sun or a moon uh, uh, meme, and then they'll count that as, as probably a, a valid vote. It's kind of sad, but it's true. Now, do you have any other thoughts for our audience? Uh, yes, please vote this fall. And to make sure that your vote does count because every vote does count and count every vote. Craig Kashishian, former Reagan White House pollster. It was great to have you on California Insider. My honor. Thank you, Simak.